episode 175, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season 4, episode 8, The Laws of Infern... Infernal? The Laws of Inferno Dynamics. Laws of Infernal? Inferno? Uh, Episode 8. Welcome to Level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello and welcome to another episode of Welcome to Level 7. I'm Ben, Ben Avery. I'm one of the hosts here at Welcome to Level 7. And I'm here to welcome you. Apparently this is also the Department of Redundancy where we repeat things and we say things a second time. Anyway, we're here at the mid-season finale of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which was a surprise to, well, me. Uh, I don't know if I can say everyone but a surprise to a lot of people last week when we found that out. So to give you a quick outline or a brief look ahead at what's going to be happening in this episode, I, I promise the repetition gag will go away. Uh, I'm not I'm not going to do it past this point right now. But we have uh, news with Stuart and myself, and then Samantha will be joining Stuart and me for the episode discussion. So once more, I'm going to step out of the way and... Play the sounder, and Stuart will join me to talk about some news. Very, very brief news. Shield Intelligence Report. All right, welcome, Stuart, to the episode. Yay! <laughs> so you've got some news items. I've read, uh, I mean, whenever you find news items, usually you post them to our Facebook thread. And mm-hmm. so I'm pretty sure I'm aware of the news items you're bringing up. But I don't know what ones you've got, and we're just going to run with it because this is the final episode of the Ghost Rider arc, and I, th- I have a feeling it's going to be a longer one. So let's just yes. let's just get to it, man. What do you got? Okay, so first off, there's a teaser for a teaser. Um, I next, hate those. I hate those. I hate them too. Ugh. But but tomorrow, as in the eighth, I think of uh, December, whenever you happen to be listening to this, um, there's going to be a teaser for Spider-Man: Homecoming. So what was released today was a teaser for that teaser, and it was fun. It was fun. Happy Hogan's back! Yay, Happy Hogan! I just, I, I mean, it's been years now since they started doing this. I still can't get over that they have a commercial for an upcoming commercial. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> okay. It's pretty awesome. Okay. Uh, the number two thing is the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer 2 had 81 million views in the first day. That, that was... is pretty impressive. It's the highest number of views for a Marvel trailer ever. Period. Want to hear a secret? What? I haven't watched it yet. I'm not one of those 80 million people. You're not an 80 million people i'm not it's pretty fun you should watch it i know i i've heard and <laughs> i plan to i just haven't gotten around to it and every time i've had an opportunity to i'm not thinking of it and whenever i think of it i don't have opportunity so at, at least put the uh at least put it in the show notes <laughs> yeah i will i will um show notes the- by the way will be at welcome to level seven dot com slash infernal Infernal. Infernal. 
Infernal. Infernal. I should choose a different word. <laughs> What's the title of this episode again? <laughs> <laughs> laws? Uh, oh, we could go with laws. Laws of laws. In, if infernal dynamics. Is it? Uh, you could dynamics. Make it dynamics. Okay. Slash dynamics. Anyway, yeah. Welcome to the sub.com okay. slash dynamics. Got it. All right. Okay. Continue. Oh, uh, yeah. Two more. Real quick. Uh, Runaways and Cloak and Dagger, which are two in development uh, series for, um, I think Cloak and Dagger is supposed to be on whatever ABC Freeform. Family was, is it something free, like that. Freeform? And Freeform. Yeah. And Runaways as well. Um, what's interesting to me about these is they have been included in the MCU, according to the, um, the source that I got from the... Uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe official Facebook page. Um, I did not think Runaways was going to be because I thought it was more closely tied to the um, X-Men slash uh, Fox MCU universe. But I guess not. It's interesting. Hopefully they get out of development hell. We'll see. We will see. Yeah, right. One more thing for us to record about. And then the last thing that I had was this... uh, we found out the name of the upcoming part season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., LMD, um, and they released a poster for it, and it says Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., LMD, January 10th. And I'm like, January 10th? Great, I don't have to wait till March. <laughs> Nobody wants to wait till March. I missed that. I, I missed the date, I should say. Here, I'll link it to you real quick. Oh, there it is in my browser. Yeah. Returns January 10th, Tuesdays, 10, 9 central. Yeah, there it is. Which is great. I think if they're not going to do a, a series in the middle of um, the, the holiday break, i.e. Agent Carter, raise a glass, um, then they need to keep their breaks smaller. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Is that all our news? That's all the news I got. Well, there was another thing that they revealed, and that is... <gasps> slingshot a digital series that'll be well okay we're gonna talk about it but we're gonna talk we'll about talk it with about samantha it. we'll talk about it with samantha the plan is to mm-hmm. talk about it as our post-credit sequence so we'll get to let's it let's do that for now let's bring in samantha and let's talk about this episode what do you say awesome all right gonna do it right about now mission report Okay, so we are back. The sounder has played, and that means that, Stuart, we are not alone. Samantha is now no. here. Welcome. Woo, Samantha! <laughs> Welcome to the episode. Hey, darlings. So. <laughs> uh, what, I can't get Southern on this podcast? Come on. Uh, you can, you can. <laughs> if, I, if I can get Northern, it was with Stuart yeah. here. Yeah, if we can do the, 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 the Northern thing. So. Yeah, okay. <laughs> what was this episode called? The, the, the Laws lo- of Inferno Dynamics. Infernal. Yeah. I, infernal? Infernal. 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 Yeah. Well, that's what it's called. Something like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but you know what I called it in my notes? Storm in the what? Castle. Ah. Because that's what, about halfway through this episode, I realized, oh, you know what this is? No, it was, it was. A little earlier than that, but it was just, oh, we're storming the castle. That's what that's what's mm-hmm. going on here. And and sure enough, 
I mean, it's totally like we've got this one place we need to get to to stop the bad guy from doing the bad thing. And I mean, that's that's the episode right there. We got to get to the thing to stop the bad guy from doing the thing. And it's a teamwork. It's all about teamwork. And then it also leads into whatever the next story arc is going to be. There was some pretty heavy revelations going on that changed the entire episode in the last five minutes. So it'll be interesting to try and talk about this without talking about things that happen later on. But we're going to do it. We're going to we're going to give it our best shot. And we're going to start with the, the opening, the cold open, which basically it, it just reveals that Eli is a murdering murderer who murders. There it is. That's our cold open. But he murders with diamonds. He, he does. He has <laughs> he has flair to his murders. Yes. And he's creating more than just carbon. He's creating diamonds. Well, but is which it... is it's it's compressed carbon. For, yeah, yeah. But he's showing a development of power. Yes. yes, and he's got a wealthy side business. That's all you know. <laughs> lucrative side business. Yeah, you know he he could have very easily just said, you know, I'm just going to take this power set. I am going to bring some diamonds out of a guy's stomach and use that money to create a new identity and then just live quietly in a castle in Northern Canada with a moat and <laughs> sharks. Ben, Ben, I think you're talking about your fantasy now. I could be wrong. <laughs> that was uh, in seventh grade. We were asked to uh, figure out where we were going to be in 30 years and, and do a timeline of our life in the future. And that's where I was. I was going to be a writer. I got that part right. Well, there and, you go. and I was going to live in a castle with a moat that had sharks in it and wolves that were prowling around the land to keep people away from our castle. So. <laughs> Did the sharks have laser beams attached to their heads? You know, I, I wasn't that <laughs> forward thinking. Oh. He did, however, call it the Alan Parsons Project. <laughs> so, Eli, this guy... I mean, he's not a good guy at this point now. It's unfortunate. But there's not much redemption in his future, I don't think. After he's done that to this guy with with the diamonds. Yeah. I mean, so when Ward was like, oh, I'm not, I'm evil, but I'm not evil. There was also this lot of talk about um, him coming back because he's, you know, we really liked the character and we really liked the actor. Um I don't see any of that happening with with Mr. Eli here. No, no. no. And, and here's the here's the thing. Here's the problem. These guys have a legitimate issue here. You know, he tells them, hey, shield is coming. The FBI is coming, whatever. And and, and Eli's like, you take care of them. That's what I pay you for. <laughs> and the guys are, hey, you haven't paid us yet. I mean, we may be mercenaries, but mercenaries got to eat. Mm-hmm. They and, really need to form a union and then contact their HR representative. That's all I'm saying. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Depending what industry you're in, unions don't always help. I don't know if the mercenary industry is really going to be helped by having a union. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> no. Nah. That poor guy. I mean, he's got a he's got a point. He's got a very good point. You're asking us to put our lives on the line, and you're not giving us any kind of pay. And and Eli just bypasses the conversation and says, here's your diamonds. And everybody else, 
<laughs> any questions. He totally Megatrons him. You know, I mean, it's, oh, it's yeah. the whole, you know, mm-hmm. show how bad the bad guy is by having the bad guy just randomly kill his you know second in command. And it's, it's 80s action movie trope. But here it's it's effective because it's gross, I think, is what it comes down to. <laughs> and well, Eli's power isn't. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty gruesome to begin with. I mean, you're pulling carbon out of people or even through people. I'm not sure exactly how that works, but you're pulling carbon out of something. That's not that's not happy. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about his powers a moment here because he seems to be able to control the carbon. He's able to control the shape of it. He's just not able to create it out of nothing. And I think he thinks he can create it out of nothing. But... I mean, that's the one big, I guess, weakness uh, behind his power is that he's pulling it from somewhere else, bringing it from one dimension into another. It's not something out of nothing. But that said, it's still pretty impressive. I mean, when Coulson confronts him and says, hey, you're just you're just a thief. No, no, he's not just a thief. He's a, a thief who can shape this stuff. And create these spikes that are going to impale his nephew, which, again, you know, not a lot of hope for redemption for this guy. Uh, He pulls them out of this other dimension, but he pulls them out where he wants them to be in the guy's gullet or whatever. And enough that the guy can can spit them out of his mouth. And it's the guy is very powerful. He's going to have a very powerful power set, especially if he's able to keep developing things the way he's developing them. He's, he goes into creating compounds and his, his goal is to create life. Yeah. When, you know, when you're talking about creating life and then you're killing people, um, I, I, I'm not so convinced, you know, he he never said anything about valuing life, just that he, he's going to do it. Why? Because no one else has, I don't quite understand his full motivation but I mean, clearly there's some insanity going on in there as well. It's not just, oh, I was wronged and he was, he was wronged and he has reason to be upset, but he's taking it a little bit past that. All of his previous motivations, I think are enhanced. Perhaps it was Darkhold kind of stuff, you know, going mad because he did look at the pages and read the pages. I would have liked to have uh, gotten to know him better before he read the book so I could really see the contrast because the way he changed reminded me of uh, Doc Ock in Spider-Man 2 where he was, you know, Doc Ock was really nice before um, he was fused to the limbs and afterwards um, because the inhibitor chip broke um, a lot of emotions and from from the limbs uh, really started interfering with his own emotions and his own motivation. But unlike that character at the end of that movie, that character was able to redeem himself. Well, and I think the most we get out of what you're talking about there is from Gabe and Robbie. And it's people who knew him before. And so we kind of, you know, we don't trust him necessarily when they're going to visit him in prison. He he clearly has something going on he has something against colson and and you know shield and, and and working with them but 
because Robbie and and Gabe, you know, like him and want to help him. I think that's where we're supposed to just borrow their affection for him instead of create affection for him by spending time with him. Well, I just I just prefer to see something on screen as opposed to hearing about it from another character. You know? Yeah, but then, I mean, he's a villain. I mean, they aren't really trying to layer too much. I mean, he's he's going to destroy the world, and he's he he's he he takes the step and becomes the Doctor Doom. He takes the step and becomes the uh, the Magneto or the Lex Luthor. I mean, he's he's just straight up maniac supervillain. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah. So let's 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 uh, go into Act One here. And so we've got Director Mace, and he's got a problem, and that's a PR problem, and they need to send in the big guns to take care of this problem with Eli, but. S.H.I.E.L.D. can't be seen with Reyes or Daisy. So they do decide to go and get Ada. And they send May to go get Ada, which really just felt like a throwaway little job for her to do. But it's pretty important. Meanwhile, Mac and Robbie, they're getting ready to go into battle and to, to storm the castle. And the whole team, you know, they're they're coming together. And meanwhile, we've got Fitz talking about the the powers with Simmons about you know, trying to figure out how does this work. You can't create something out of nothing, and and then they're they're going. Yo Yo Quake and Ghost Rider have a go. Yo Yo goes in and triggers this explosive trap, and so Robbie decides he's going to go in, and he goes in to the accompaniment of flames and a rocking guitar solo. <laughs> Yeah, he had a pretty he had a pretty awesome entrance at that point. Yeah. Anytime there's flames in slow motion, you know something's cool happening. Well, don't forget the guitar solo. Oh yeah, I well, mean maybe not a solo, but the guitar was there. You know, uh, slow motion, flames, guitars. Yeah. All you need now is pigeons, and you're in a John Woo movie. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our setup here. I mean, they set it up pretty well. We have to get in there to get to what he's doing, so we can stop him from doing the thing. I feel like this whole episode, we're going to be, we have to stop him from doing the thing. Moving on Yep. <laughs> to the yep. next phase of stopping him. This is the first time we've seen Daisy in her shield uniform this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh, yep. yeah. And um, also just to throw a little chemistry in there, if you take pure sodium, not like table salt, sodium chloride, just pure sodium and uh, put it in contact with water, it explodes. Um, and there are other elements that can do similar things. I think pure potassium is another element that can do that. Um, so that's why when Yoga was running through that hallway and she splashed the water on the walls, that's why they exploded. I mean, I figured it was some sort of chemical reaction. I did not know what it was. And and she calls it out early. She says, I hear water. Do you hear water? And then she goes in using her speedster powers, which I really like her power set. I like mm-hmm. that she's not just fast. But she has to snap back to the place where she was. And I'd be very interested to see what happens if something blocks her from getting back to where she was. You know, if if there was another speedster involved who was able to stop her, would she would that be like hitting a wall? I, I don't know. It'd be really interesting to see. But that I also would be like, interesting. I also like that they brought her back. They didn't just um, talk about her or reference her or 
or whatever, but she's actually in the episode doing the thing that she's do- doing that she does that we've seen in ep- you know we saw in season three a little bit and we saw in the verse you know first part of the season, but she's actually doing the thing. It's pretty cool. But they and they use it well though because right. for this part, okay, you're gonna go in and you're just going to scout it out. And she goes in, she triggers the trap. Uh, but you know, if the trap wasn't there, she'd be seeing where what's, what's there. And then she'd come back to, to, uh, Bobby or not Bobby, Robbie and Daisy. And then later on in the episode, I really liked the way they used her in the final battle. Uh, it was really a nice, nice team moment. Oh, that was, that was fantastic. Absolutely. Yes. And we'll talk about that final battle because that's later on in a later act, but for right now act two uh, again not a lot uh there's well there's there's stuff happening but basically mace is talking to radcliffe about ada and radcliffe is you know feeling uncomfortable and he agrees to give all of his data about ada to mace and mace brings up the book the Darkhold. tell me about that um the line that leads into that is Radcliffe saying, I'm an open book. Yeah, book. Hmm. Segway. Tell me about the book. And then shows him the video of Radcliffe opening the Darkhold and, and Ada using the Darkhold. Then we have the storm in the castle stuff. Reyes gets in, talks to Eli. Eli's creating a giant battery of quantum energy. And people are able to watch some of the stuff and figure out some of the stuff because there's a feed from Robbie, but it's, it's, uh, it's interrupted and and he's not able to hear them and, but they're able to see some of it that's going on. Eli confronts Robbie and Robbie starts to ghost out, but gets speared by some sort of carbon spear thing. And then we find out that the demon core, is that what they were calling it? Yeah. Yeah. Demon something. There's plutonium there and Robbie's flames could set off the plutonium, which would not be a good thing. Cause was there 1.21 gigawatts of power? needed? <laughs> it's possible in the future. They'll be able to power this battery with garbage, but right, right now they need plutonium. So, which was last year. Oh, guys, we are, we, <laughs> we, might, uh, we, we might out nerd last episode. Let's, Let's be careful as we walk the line here. So, all right. (laughs) Anyway, that's act two. So, Samantha, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to go into nerd talk, but let's backpedal and keep on the episode, (laughs) shall we? All right. So, yeah, so one of our heroes is trapped now, but he's trapped with Eli. And he's hurting and hurting bad. Uh and he's stuck. <laughs> and so you're you're going to in act 3 we're we're going to get some monologuing from Eli, some confrontation from Robbie and another carbon spike <laughs> into him as he tries to ghost out again. But Robbie's problem is we trusted you, you became a killer. Um you had a good job, you had a doctorate, things were good. And Eli's response is that everyone was very condescending and they they all got what they deserved. And we find out that Eli is not searching vengeance. He is looking for respect. And he says, this is actually a really good thing here. He talks about how no one believed in me. And now I am becoming a God, which 
it's kind of a nice little dichotomy there of, you know, what, what do people do? They believe in God, you know, and, and no one believed in him before, but now he's a God, they'll believe in him. And then the response is you better be becoming a God because the devil is coming for you. And then that's when we get the second spike. Uh, meanwhile, Ada has brought the gate and a bunch of other stuff and they have a plan that Mac hates because the plan is to send Yo-Yo in to do some stuff and he wants to protect her and they have a tender moment sort of. And then Fitzsimmons, they're bringing Daisy up to speed about Mace. And this is where the conversation, they start talking about um, thing, you know, coming from home and that kind of thing. And everything comes from somewhere. And that's going to be one of those clues for Fitz. Uh, Mace and Coulson argue about their secrets about the Senator. And when Daisy comes, he explains that the Senator was going to go public and he was doing this to protect shield. She was going to go public because she had footage of them breaking out a guy from prison with ghost rider. And then we go back to Eli. He has created water, which is a compound. And then like we talked about, he was planning to create life and Coulson gets brought in (laughs) and (laughs) Uh, this is his response to the creating lifeline is, you know, you might want to get a girlfriend first. And then this is where he says, you're still just a petty thief. And again, I would say not just a thief. This guy has a power set that he may not understand, but he's able to do cool stuff with it without understanding what he's really doing. Well, that's kind of Colson's thing now, or at least it was, it's always been his thing, right? Is to, um, talk the computer into blowing itself up right yeah yeah colson he's <laughs> there's our track reference i didn't go there i didn't <laughs> yes you I... did just saying that you went there fine check fine. track reference check all right good hey 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 some tropes you know they they are greater than you know one particular series talking talking the computer to death though I mean, that's that's pretty much just Captain Kirk. He's he's the master. Yes, he is. True. I, I mean, yes. others may try. Others may be able to do it. But the trope is his anyway. Sure. But that's Coulson's shtick these days, right? Or at least I, I feel like it's always been even even in the Avengers, you know, when he when he's what does this do? I don't know. Let's find out. You know, he's still trying to verbally get through something without without killing anybody, which is honorable. And it's more it, it, not even so much the talk the computer to death, but, you know, poke the bear, poke the bear to get the bear to do what you're hoping it will do when it gets mad. And and this is what he, I mean, he is clearly he's trolling Eli. You're just a petty thief. You know, he, his his out of you know, his, his, his lines as he's brought in are, are meant to bother him. I mean, you might get a girlfriend first, you know, and it's it just it's part of Coulson's character that makes him, in my opinion, a good hero uh, and a different hero. He has, he's a hero with personality in that he's able to come in, throw down the line, throwing down the line to get the guy to do something that he might not normally do. Um, it works. It, and I think it works because it's absolutely something that could be an action movie trope with a Schwarzenegger or a, uh, uh, Stallone, he's not that though. His mouth writes a lot of checks that maybe he can't back up. What's the word? What's the line from Top Gun? 
Your mouth is writing checks that your body can't. Your mouth is cash. writing checks that your body can't cash. That's it. But he's he's got extra stuff that can cash, you know, and and he's he's good. I I'm I'm liking him this season. I'm really liking him this episode. Well, yeah. Coulson's not a hero that relies on um his physical strength. He is a hero that relies on his skill and his brains more. And and his plans. And yes. you know, he he has a plan. He's not saying these things just to be snarky. You know, he's saying these things because there is a purpose behind his words and there's he has purpose behind his words and actions. He has knowledge and he uses that. He has the planning set and he uses that. And yeah, he's I like I said, I'm really enjoying him this season and I'm excited to see where they go with him because this is more of a fun Coulson. It, you know, yes, he's, he's gotten past some of that darkness and he's gotten into, you know, he's still dealing with dark stuff. And he's still dealing with things that bother him. It's not like every, you know, life is hunky dory and the silver linings have silver clouds, but he's he's enjoyable. It's good. I feel like he's this is the closest Colson we've had to, um, you know, Iron Man Colson, Iron Man Two Colson, those types of. I mean, a funny thing happened on the way to Thor's hammer. I think this is the closest Colson we've got to that, which is the Colson everybody fell in love with. Yeah, but this is a Coulson who has developed from that. And yes. yes. And so he's got the baggage, but he's the same guy. And and yeah, it's it's good. It's good to see him. It's good to see him back. Welcome yes. back, Coulson. Welcome back. Yay, you're back. Yay. Um, Welcome speak- to Level Blue. Yes. <laughs> uh. Do we have to change the name of the podcast now? No. No. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um but speaking of uh, Coulson's snarkiness, if I may transition. Yes. He says that uh, Ada dreams of electric sheep. Mm-hmm. Hello, Philip K. Dick. Yeah. Uh, that's in reference to the book Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? And that became the movie Blade Runner, which interesting enough is set in the year 2021, which uh, for us being at the tail end of 2016, that's. Uh, just a little more than four years from now. Just around the corner. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that gets into a lot of ideas of artificial intelligence and the idea that there are these, well, replicants that have a limited lifespan and they're not happy about that. I mean, we're clearly getting into artificial intelligence ideas and just bringing up the sheep. I mean, that that's bringing up one of the classics of, of the trope, I guess this is one that, again, you have the tropes that transcend and go beyond, but this is the one that kind of, it was the the king of the hill, I guess, of the AI tropes in in a lot of ways. And we're going to be going there. And they actually reference, you know, that Ultron has, has everyone remembered Ultron? Uh, (laughs) We've, we've gone there before in the MCU and it looks like we're going there again. Again, the interesting thing will be to see, why? And I think Samantha, it was you who wondered about maybe benevolent motivations behind Ada doing something really terrible. I yes. will get to that, but I think you were on to the right thing. We'll, we'll get to it when we get to the tag scene, though. So, okay. Yeah. Um, but I do want to say I uh, I have Audible. Um, I am currently listening to the last Harry Potter book. Um, and as soon as I finish that, I am definitely going to listen to... Um, Blade Runner. 
which I think the book is is currently called Blade Blade Runner. It's just been renamed it's because been, of the movie. Yeah. It's been published as Blade Runner. That's the way I read it in junior high, or I should say that's the way I tried to read it in junior high, and I never went back. I got two chapters in, and still I just haven't read it yet. It's a hard read. It's not super. Um, the Ridley Scott and the writers of Blade Runner really condensed what Philip what the book was trying to say into an actual manageable story. <laughs> Understandably, um, I, I think that's the uh, that's the trouble every filmmaker makes when they're trying to adapt a book into a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I want to hear the story, or you know, listen, read the stories because I want to hear those um, those details that were missed in the film. Oh, it's good. Don't get me wrong. It's just oh, I, I, I super easy to read. Uh, Minority Report's kind of the same thing, although it was a it was a short story. But that has nothing to do with the MCU. Yeah. So let's talk about Eli a little bit then. Yes. Let's talk about okay. his motivations. Do these work for you? That he's insane. Well, I mean, there's there's that, but I mean, they're they're trying to. I feel like they're trying a little too hard to give him understandable motivations when he's gone into full crazy land. Yeah. So I, I guess maybe they're they're saying here's the foundation for what could motivate someone to do this when they go into full crazy land and become maniacal villain. I don't think he's I don't think he's playing out his real uh, motivations. I think the book is playing out its motivations through him and making him maniacal so he would do these things. Oh, so you think that the book is um, influencing him? Yes, influencing him. Hmm. I just thought he was kind of a flat character. Uh, well, no offense, yeah, Jed Marissa, but I, I thought I honestly just thought he was kind of. I am the bad guy, so I will say the bad guy things and do the bad guy things, and then when I'm done, I will be dead because I am the bad guy. Yeah. Um, but maybe the book so, yeah, is doing I, that though. <laughs> The book, ironically, is using the person as a tool for its motivations, as opposed to as opposed to the other way around. The book is writing the person. Yeah, right. The book is writing the person. That's a possibility. I I think there's definitely something going on there more than just I'm really mad because everyone didn't believe I could do the job because they're trying to take it to some very serious places. That's the thing that, that bothers me, I guess, is. The stuff he's bringing up is legit stuff. It's legit problems to have. And and he has rightfully, he has reason, if if what he's saying is true, to be angry and, and to hold a grudge. But they, they take it to the serious place, but then he's totally, I'm just going to wipe out the world. You know, women in general here in the United States, we get paid um, about 25% less than men do on average for the same job. So, I mean, but, you know, just because I have to deal with that, I'm not going to try to destroy the world. So, (laughs) and I don't think um, Eli would have done this before he read the book. He wouldn't have dared to have done this. Well, yes, I agree with you. But you have to remember that, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Eli read the book before we met him? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't. We don't ever know what Eli would or would not have done before we met him. Or we don't know what he would or wouldn't done because we've never 
known him without reading the book is what I think I'm trying to say. Right, which is why I wanted to, which is why I was saying I wanted to see him before he read the book. I wanted to see what kind of person he was. And and thinking uh, thinking about it in that frame, where the book is influencing him or the book is rewriting him, I agree with you on that. I didn't think about it on that level. I just thought he was a poorly written, maniacal, you know, bad guy who does a maniacal laugh. Maniacal laugh. See, I set yes. you up, Ben, and I you let it go. <laughs> Well, in contrast, uh, the spirit of vengeance is doing the same thing with Robbie, uh, who's it's, yeah. it's changing him and influencing him. <laughs> wow, that's true. That's true. I mean, if the book is yeah, it's it's even more hands on than the book. If if this is what the way it's happening, the book is is influencing Eli and pushing him and maybe even making him do stuff he would never do. The difference is with the the demon is that Robbie is giving it permission to do what it's doing. And they're sort of working in tandem or working together yeah, um, to accomplish both of their goals. Um, whereas the book is there really just to, to, you know, use Eli, I, I think for its own, own intents and its own purposes. Um, and it doesn't really care what Eli wants, where I think the spirit of vengeance does care what Robbie wants. To a degree, I think the spirit of vengeance also is, you'll do what I want. <laughs> I think it cares what Robbie right. wants in, in in the terms of, I will get what I want out of him if I'm able to give him some of what he wants. I mean, it's the whole, it's the deal with the devil thing. You know, it, it yeah. really is just, you're going to compromise, but it's going to be okay because you're going to get some of the stuff you want. And, and so you're going to be willing to compromise to get what I can offer you. Right. And it's also interesting to think that they're, you know, different sides of the same coin, because um, that's a that's a very typical literature thing to do, and it's a very typical MCU thing to do. Um, you know, Lo- Loki and Thor, and uh, the Red Skull, and Captain America, and all of the Iron Man movies, and all of their villains. So it, it's typical. And again, I had never thought about it before. So bravo to you, Samantha. Yeah, so we'll talk about. Uh... We'll talk about Mac and Yo-Yo later because there's more developments there. <laughs> I think this is where we see, okay, Mace isn't as bad as we were kind of feeling that he was because our team didn't like him and we trust our team. And this is that whole thing where, you know, the boss is the boss is doing what he's got to do and you may not like it, but he has to make the hard decisions and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, he's asking you to work long hours because the, there's stuff that has to get done. And, you know, he's not doing it to be mean. He's not a mean guy. He's just doing the job. And he's not happy with Colson because Colson's not letting him do the job. And Colson is undercutting him and undermining him uh, at every turn. And they finally hash it out. And this is where we get the, you know, we're going to be a team now, though. Because we're the team. That, we're a team that trusts, you know. And yes. everything's out there now. Is this the part where Fitz says, I think it was Fitz, who says, whose side is he on? He's al- he's always going to play to his, he's always going to play to the to the right side, but whose side is that sort of thing? I think that's where Mace is going to stay. Never knowing whether he's 
on our team side or not on our team side. I uh, think he's he's playing everybody for his own gain. He's a politician. He's doing what politicians do. Um, I give him more credit than that. And maybe I'm just too naive. Maybe he's tricked me. But mm. I, I really do think he's doing these things for the benefit of of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then as a result, for the benefit of the, the people that they're meant to be, that they're meant to S.H.I.E.L.D. I, I think I don't think he's as bad as, as as I don't think he's as bad as the episodes plots have led us to believe up until this point. I, I hope so, because I am so tired of politics and this guy just <laughs> brings it right into shield and uh, I don't want to deal with it. I just want to know who he is. I want to know more about him. He puts on that costume at the end. He, right. That armor yeah. that he's wearing and it looks it does not look good. I mean, I, he, I looks, just, he looks like he's trying too hard. Yeah, it, it, the body armor just. This is going to sound either like an insult or a compliment, depending on how you guys feel about these shows. But it feels like a Legends of Tomorrow costume. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I And they're not they're not terrible, but they're not great. Some of them are. I mean, Firestorm looks great, but, you know, uh, the Atom. On Legends of Tomorrow, the armor just feels like a, a low-rent ar- Iron Man. And this feels like a lower-rent Iron Man. Well, I, I got a Captain America vibe from him. Yeah, that too. I, or, I, he was trying to be Captain America. I actually had to pause or wait till they got in a close of the, of the emblem on his chest. Because I thought, is that? No, okay, that's not Captain America's emblem. Like from when he was in Winter Soldier. <laughs> I, I honestly thought that's what it was. Like, why is he wearing cap suit? I don't know. Oh, he's not. Okay, very good. <laughs> because he used to be Captain America. That's and I feel <laughs> I, I still feel like that's where they're going with it. They could, they could. I, I mean, this is like this that. character is a character who, in the comics, mm-hmm. pl- put on the Captain America costume while Captain America was frozen on ice. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and so I mean that's the name of the guy, and it's it's a character that I only knew because of a splash page in a comic that I had back in junior high, uh, Captain America three fifty that showed other Captain Americas. And when I got to that page in that comic, I, I had no no awareness of this history at all. I just thought that's so interesting that they had these different people who put on the costume while Captain America was gone because they were, you know, being the symbol. And this this is one of them. And I haven't heard anything one way or another about it. And I wasn't I wasn't it's not like I just pulled the name like, oh, Jeffrey Mason. I know exactly who this guy is. You know, I had to look it up and stuff. But yeah, he he once had the costume. He once played Captain America. He wasn't quite as strong as Captain America, but he put on the the outfit to, to be Captain America. And I'm very curious if that's part of this guy's background. Is that he uh, maybe was inspired by Captain America? Maybe he didn't put on the exact costume and call himself Captain America, but did he put on something similar and call himself, you know, uh, Captain Sam or something <laughs> like that? I I don't know if they're going to be that. I mean, the MCU is notorious for MCUing things, right? They're good at that. So I'm wondering if they're going to do something like. I'm inspired by Captain America to have these ideals, you know, right is right, wrong is wrong, those sorts of things. 
Um, yeah. My it, issue with that is though, it doesn't feel like that with all of his politicking and, and, and all of that stuff. Well, he, here's the thing. He, uh, he was the third Captain America. I, I just got the, the book off the shelf. Jeff Mace, also known as the Patriot. And and that is absolutely an MCU kind of thing. I could see being mm-hmm. he was a guy calling himself the Patriot while Captain America was gone. And, and maybe it was 1990 and, instead of the 70s or whatever it was supposed to be. Right. But where he, while Captain America was gone, he, he says, you know what? That, that Captain America, he stood for something and I want to stand for it too. Mm. Well, and, and, and Coulson would know that too, right? So Coulson. Absolutely. Would, yeah. And that's why Coulson would be like, Hey buddy, why don't you be the face? Because you've already been the face of, you know, the, the Patriot. Why don't you be the face of shield? Ah, uh, okay. This all is beginning to make some sense. Um, yeah, now I, I'm hoping that they have a backstory episode for him in the um, second half of the season. And and maybe he's just really, really old and the backstory will happen to take place in an era that Agent Carter was still active. Yeah? Maybe. Or an, an older Agent Carter? Yeah, yeah. Agent Carter from, okay. you know, the area, the, the era of Ant-Man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've- any more, anytime we can get Peggy in alive in our shows i am very happy absolutely absolutely i'm still sad about it why do we have a yo-yo oh we're not gonna talk about that until the post credits but we got a (laughs) yo-yo thing why can't we get one more agent carter thing so it could happen but yeah anyway a movie but let's (laughs) let's firefly this thing (laughs) yeah is that a verb now yes (laughs) Well, let's look at Act Four now, and we get this is where the team comes together, and so we've got the scientists and they're sciencing, and they have they need more time to do the science, and there's earthquakes that are being caused by this quantum box, and so Daisy is absorbing the quakes, and it's very difficult for her, and it's it's hurting her, and then you have Coulson. And the fighting team who are going to come in and they're going to take down Eli, I guess. Uh, they have to stop Eli at the right time. And and then you have all the the fighty, fighty stuff. Yeah, that's act four. There's there's a team stuff going on all over the place. Basically, yeah. I expect yeah. Colston <laughs> to put a cigar in his mouth and say, I love it when a plan comes together because the plan totally comes together. It's, oh, yeah, it's great. Despite Mac. So explain to me the earthquakes part. I'm, so he was stealing the carbon and that was causing earthquakes. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know exactly. I don't understand exactly. I just thought it was ripples of power, you know, as, as he's doing the plutonium thing and creating the quantum battery thing and they're running out of time and it's going to blow up or whatever. Uh, I just assumed that it was just rumbles of power and they need everything to be as still as possible. So these earthquakes are not good. And basically it's um, instead of plutonium, maybe plutonium, because we need, <laughs> we need something for Daisy to do that has to do with quakes. 
And so, uh, yeah. And so when, when the quakes are happening, she's absorbing the quakes. So that Los Angeles, that's kind of weird that they're going to put this in Los Angeles, having all the quakes, but anyway, um, uh, it doesn't crumble to the ground again. Well, it does a couple things. I mean, the one thing it does is first of all, it makes the public wonder if, if Daisy is there. Oh yeah. And before she's even doing things there because things there's these quakes happening. The other thing it does is it makes the, it it gives her something to do. It makes the science stuff more dangerous because they're, you know, they're doing this delicate sciencey stuff. And so, I mean, that's why it's there. It up, it ups the stakes. Oh yeah, it's 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 more of that rising tension. But I don't understand the science here. I I, I really just I I, I well, don't. Maybe it's like you know how sound waves are. Um, it, it's created by usually, unless it's uh, artificially created through speakers. Um, it, it's it's created through um, something moving. Um, mm. I don't know sound waves. Something to do with that. <laughs> No, I, I think energy waves, I I feel like that's yes. enough. I mean, I I just didn't feel like we were with for all the science that was going on. They weren't doing a lot of the, the techno babble that you would get in like a Star Trek. Uh, they were doing some, but. You I know, would have liked more, but I'm, I'm watching some Star Trek with my kids and I feel like Star Trek. Sometimes they do it right. Sometimes they don't where they just and the blah, 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 blah is causing the blah, 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 blah. And you don't care. But if the story is good and the characters are doing things that you care about, that's what matters. And that's what's happening here. To me, anyway. Yeah, I just, I, uh, the first time I watched this episode, I almost kind of um, uh, passed right by it without even noticing. I I was still confused towards the end of the episode why we were getting earthquakes. Uh, And I wish we had at least a better written scene where it would have explained all of that exactly. Um, I, I wouldn't have, have minded the little bit of technobabble at all, just to explain the why. Um, because otherwise, I was a bit lost. It's also how they found him. The yeah, the epicenter is what led them to him. There's there's that as well. But we find out that he's planning to kill everyone because the dark hole has shown him the way to create life after death. So they really have to to work this out. And this is where Coulson says all teams go hot and puts out his hand. And I'm like, what is he doing? Is he like pretending to shoot someone? And then you find out why, because the team comes in and you have this fight sequence and Yo-Yo is there to support all the fighters. And so she's she's moving people's guns. She's doing the Quicksilver thing. She's moving yes. things. She's putting things into place. She takes one gun, hands you know, takes it out of the villain's hand, puts it into Coulson's hand. And mm-hmm. Coulson, as soon as he has it in his hand, starts firing. He knows it's going to come. It's this choreographed thing. It, it's a great sequence. Um, Mace gets in there and throws people. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's it's a they're a team and they they do it well. Then we have some other stuff going on, though, like Ghost Rider ghosts out and he's grabbing Eli and, and burning uh, Ada steps in front of some bullets 
she's a shield. And then when she falls to the ground, the people that she saved, Fitzsimmons, uh, they have their own guns and they start shooting the people who shot Ada. And this is where it all happens. This is the huge climax. And we still have 12 minutes left of the episode to go. (laughs) That shot where Ada falls to the ground and then Fitzsimmons shoots back. That was a great shot. That was just a fantastic, well choreographed piece of cinema. If I don't say so myself, <laughs> I feel like the whole the whole thing worked well, except for Daisy. Yeah, yeah, I I feel like that was the that was the weak link. And and to be fair, I, I realized I may be you know a, a this is not the most popular opinion. I'm not sure her transformation from Sky to Daisy, um, is like I wish she was more Sky. I wish she was more googly Sky rather than quakey Daisy. But that's me. Yeah. Maybe she'll get there. Yeah, well, I hope so. All season, I, f- I have felt sort of a disconnect, and I think it's because Skye was out of the picture. She she was really the character that brought the audience into um, the world of, of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, for us. She was sort of like on uh, Doctor Who, how the companion is sort mm-hmm. of a, a representation of the audience and, and who we are. Um so when she left S.H.I.E.L.D., I felt like there was something missing from the team. And um, she's back in her suit, so I guess she's back with the team. Well, let's talk about how she gets back with the team. After she's done, she has to get away from this thing. She just has to get away from it. She goes outside, and she uses her power to launch herself just straight up into the air. And... I like the moment. I, I actually do like the moment, especially when she hits the apex and she has this look on her face like, ah, that feels good. You know, that, <laughs> ah, finally relief, you know, and then she falls back to the ground, uses her power to land because I was a little worried what was going to happen there. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, she's falling. She's plummeting to the ground and she saves herself from hitting the ground and really, you know, just painting the, the pavement with her blood. But in doing so, she's out there with all of the news people. And so you go, it gets better, and then it gets worse. And then it gets better again. And that's where Mace comes out and gets in front of everything and says, Agent Johnson saved us all. Yes, I lied to you. Uh, but here's why I lied to you. Agent Johnson was uh, going undercover to find out about the watchdogs and gives a, a great story excuse for her so that we can at least accept that everyone else in the world of the MCU is going to accept her as a shield agent, but now she's in it again. What did he say to her? Go with me or, or you otherwise just, you'd regret it or something like that. Just, just go with it. You'll thank me later. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He, he's not saying do it or, or you'll regret it. He's saying, just go with it. You know what? This is, it's just the easiest thing right now. And you'll be happy later that we did it. I I, ho- I hope that that's the case and not um, Mace being talking out of both sides of his mouth. You guys just don't trust him. Yeah. Fitz, no, Fitz got under your skin. He did. He did. No, I think this political season got under my skin. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, too. But we trust Colson. He's a natural something about it. Maybe it's the music they play. When Coulson's on the on the screen, we trust Coulson. 
I don't know if I trust Mace yet. But Coulson trusts him. Mm. Coulson trusts Coulson, Mace. I don't know that Coulson 100% trusts Mace. I think Coulson uses Mace to get things that Coulson wants. Or knows how to play that game, if nothing else. Well, he knows how to play Mace. He does know how to play Mace. And he's using... Yeah. I mean, he's trying to get information from Mace earlier in the episode about the senator. And, and he's he, so he gives Mace... Basically gives Mace Ada. Gives right. him the information about Ada. And he's hoping for more information in return. But I still feel like by the by the end of things here... You know, Mace is still the director, and I feel like Coulson is a little more accepting of Mace, and Coulson's the guy who put him there in the first place. I mean, he he chose Mace. I I maybe I am just enamored by that splash page in that comic book that I had <laughs> when I was in grade eight, and maybe that's coloring all of my opinion of Mace. But I just I I trust him. So. Well, it, honestly, I think it goes back to um, uh, putting a bag over Simmons' head. If if Simmons is the heart of the show, which she is, if you put a bag over that, uh, it, it'd be like if you heard her. Like, somebody shot Simmons one time. Grant Ward did, and we hated him. Oh, hate him. But then we wanted him back, and now we hate him again. So, And now he's dead. Yeah. So until he's not. <laughs> okay. That's what's gonna happen. Anyway, so uh yes. Uh okay. space saves the day. <laughs> so act five. Let's talk a little bit about comic books because we get some comic book logic and we also get a comic book lampshade. Um we need to get the car back to Gabe. That's what, what Daisy is saying. And Colson says, well, maybe not too fast. I mean, they still need to get back to Gabe, <laughs> but it, and Daisy says, you think he'll make it back from that other dimension? Because he's now in that other, he's back in that other dimension with Eli. They both got shunted over to this other dimension. The, the thing disappeared and they're gone. But Coulson seems to think that Gabe or not Gabe, that, that Robbie could come back because the last Ghost Rider did it. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. And so there, <laughs> there's some nice little comic book stuff going on there. And then we get a little conversation about how Daisy doesn't know how she feels about being back. But there are some things that she missed. And Coulson says, I thought the new face of S.H.I.E.L.D. should be an inhuman, but I didn't mean him. And he looks at Daisy and Daisy's like, yeah, <laughs> right. Maybe the comic book version, which the comic book version of Daisy Johnson was director's shield. I don't know if she still <laughs> is. In fact, I, I don't think she is. She was for a little while. It's, it's, it's Hill again, at least the last, last I read anything in the Marvel uh, comic books was Hill was director shield, but Daisy Johnson was director shield for a little while. They, they really lampshaded that one. Yeah. Um, when she said that, I I remembered hearing on the pat- podcast before that she was in the comics uh, director. Um, but because she said it in that way, I don't think we will see her as the director on the show. I could be wrong, but 
it just doesn't sound like that's going to happen now. Maybe the series finale. I mean, they could Maybe. easily they could easily begin that journey for her with with the next few seasons or whatever, where they they're going to build her up into that. Um, but for now, uh, no. <laughs> and she's, yeah, now she's not ready she's for that. Not ready? No, there's no way. They- they pass around the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of like they pass around taking the bridge. Sooner or later, Wesley's going to take over the bridge. Yeah. yeah. Sooner or later, uh, Daisy's going to be director of S.H.I.E.L.D. because she will be. Well, well, we'll wait and see. But I mean, I, I feel like they, they did that whole exchange simply so they could acknowledge the comics, you know, a, a little wink and a nod. But at the same time to say, yeah, it's not happening. Not anytime soon. And and I think that that's the right impulse to have because <laughs> she's just not ready. Like, why would he even think? Why would he even say that? Yeah, you know, I thought it should be an inhuman. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Know what I mean? Know what I mean? And she's she is the pragmatic realist. No way. <laughs> I've been a, I've been on the run as a as a supervillain, basically, for the last year. And you're talking about no. No. Uh, yeah, so this is that scene is the the lampshade scene. Uh, we have then the <laughs> the turtle man scene where Yo-Yo <laughs> is leaving because of Mac and he's trying to make excuses. She talks about how, you know, we call, we get together for dinner, but then you don't talk to me for a couple weeks. And he says, I wanted to talk. I went to a bad place in my head. She calls him turtle man. He says, don't call me turtle man. They kiss. Yay. <laughs> it's a thing now. So shippers mm-hmm. for that one can rejoice. And I, I liked their relationship. I, it was a nice relationship. I liked it. So I'm happy for that one. Then let's see. So the PR machine goes into to uh, effect and they say Quake was working with S.H.I.E.L.D. all along. And we got news reports going on and on about the Eli situation. Uh, official lanyard is given. And it's a shame Candid can't be there. That was a nice callback. I I liked that callback. Yeah. And Mace is talking to Radcliffe and all work on the LMD program is going to move to S.H.I.E.L.D. supervision. And Agent Nathanson is going to go and get all that data from Radcliffe's house arrest laboratory area. So he goes and he's putting together all the data in these bags and stuff and a door slightly opens itself and he goes and looks and he sees something that terrifies him. And then Ada comes and we know nothing good is going to happen now because Ada is there and Darkhold and brain and all this stuff from last episode. She's still bleeding, which is there mostly for effect because they want people who are fighting against LMDs to believe these are, these are real people. And she takes his neck and snaps it. And he's dead because of what he's seen. So what's so terrible? Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. But for now. um, Wait, hold on a sec. So are you sure this guy's name was not Agent Redshirt? Absolutely could have been. I mean, he was there <laughs> earlier in the episode. Basically, I was going to say maybe he's Chekhov's agent. Uh, he's, oh. 
he's there at the beginning of the episode simply so he can die at the end of the episode. And <laughs> it's not like he came he out did, of nowhere. He did have this weird, like one line halfway through where he's like, they're, they're getting all ready to go. And he, he walks in and says, all hands on deck. And I'm like, that's kind of a odd thing for him to say at this moment. Okay, whatever. Oh, wait, he's dead. It's so that we can oh. have seen him. And right. so it's not just this random guy. He's just kind of a random guy. <laughs> but yeah, he, he's dead. He's dead now. And I, I don't know if there's anything more you want to talk about here before we talk about the tag scene. I thought they did a very good job of almost showing it. Right. I'm pretty literate as far as motion, tel- you know, motion pictures, television, editing, that sort of stuff. Like I'm sitting there going, OK, n- oh, wait, they're not going to cut there. OK, now, no, they're not going to cut. Th- when are they going to show this thing? <laughs> In the tag. <laughs> there you go. And so we see what's in the closet. The closet is lit from within and the doors allow light to come through it. But it's just modern design or whatever. They can get that from Ikea. They did. Laying on the ground in the closet is Agent May. (laughs) And she's alive. Ada is keeping Uh her alive uh, and taking care of her and, you know, being gentle with her. But then we go back to the base and there's Coulson. And again, last episode and this episode, they've talked about, you know, cracking open this bottle and on on one of their worst days, you know, when, when they have a, a bad day that's worse than that day that happened, you know, a long time ago, they're they're gonna open that bottle, and and so they they made it through another mission, they made it through alive, they're gonna crack open that bottle, and and May, LMD May says, "I'm right where I belong," and then we find out the next half of the season is going to be called Agents of Shield LMD. So there it is. Yeah. What do you think about that, Jack? Is this confirmation that the the uh, Koenigs were not LMDs? I think so. Yeah, so they were just, uh, was it triplets? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we ever really got a full number on them. No, but... there was a bunch. Uh, there was at least three. We saw three. Yeah. There, there could have, they could alternatively have been clones absolutely but not lmds which we 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 knew that because of the uh the tag scene at the end of season three where radcliffe was creating an lmd it's cool cool stuff right and then we come here and that this is all coming out of that Mm -hmm. um but you know there was a while when we were afraid that when may was being taken care of by ada because May had been wounded, that she would be switched out. We we talked about that a little bit, and we had also talked about well, what if she dies and they create an LMD of her, you know, and, and different things like that. But now she is an LMD. There is an LMD May at the base, and the real May is laying in a closet in Radcliffe's house arrest laboratory. Where are they going to go with this? Yeah. Well, this is where I think you're right. Ada is created to be a shield to protect people and to be, you know, their proxy uh, to feel pain and look like she's feeling pain 
and looked like she's bleeding out. Um, the blood is there mostly for effect, she says, which is interesting. That's mostly. But I do wonder if May has been switched out so that May can't get hurt again. Hmm. And she is doing these things because she is the shield. She is there to protect these people. I, I'm wondering if there's some positive motivation behind what's going to ultimately end up being a very negative situation. That's what I'm thinking for sure. Nope. She's evil. <laughs> <laughs> Did no one watch Ultron? But that's the thing. I mean, they, they call that out too. Nice lampshade there. Has any, has no one forgotten or has everyone forgotten Ultron? And no, but science. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, she's, I don't know. I mean, they called this season Ghost Rider, right? Yeah. And and so you presume that the big bad of the season is going to be Ghost Rider. And he was for like the first two episodes, right? And then he became part of the team. Team, He got his badge. All that sort of stuff. He, so He was the calling, focus of the season for sure, though. Right, right. So if they're calling the next part of the season LMD and... Uh, they're they're calling out the fact that it's an LMD. It's certainly going to be the focus of the season. I don't know. I, I'm interested to see where it goes, for sure. So basically, what I'm hearing from you is you don't trust her or Mace. I mean, you you basically don't trust no. people. No, well, that's true. But the <laughs> only people you trust in the show are Coulson and uh, Fitz Simmons. And May and maybe Mac, probably Mac. Let's say Mac. We'll include Mac in that. And then like Daisy, but only if she's not being, you know, cranky. <laughs> That's the hey, we can, trust in the show. You trust the family. Still, we can still trust her when she's cranky. <laughs> you, 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 you trust you trust mom and dad and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> But now I don't know if you know if we can trust mom. You mom. can't trust mom because That's mom's right. a, a robot. Mom's a robot. And you know, robots, they shoot lasers from their eyes. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> the, the cool ones do. The, the cool, the cool ones, ones do. do. Yeah. There you go. Well, referencing that mom's been turned into a an android, it's kind of, uh, oh gosh, what was that creepy movie from the 70s where the husbands are replacing their wives? With, uh, oh, with uh, Stepford Wives? Yes. Are we going to go there? <laughs> I don't think so. I... Uh, Unless I it's hope... a military version of that. Right. I hope not. All I know is I have a Agent May Funko bobblehead sitting <laughs> on my shelf, and I don't know if it's the real one or an LMD. I don't know if I can trust <laughs> her. So I don't know that you can. And, okay, so if... Ada, this is the wild speculation part of the episode. If Ada is doing this on purpose, did she get orders? If she got orders, who did she get them from? If she got them from Mace, can we trust Mace? You're you're hmm. you're you're leaping wildly speculating there, but I don't know. I he, don't he think said, so. Uh, I don't think so. I I think, think so. I think she is overstepping her programming. 
And I mean, maybe we're all completely wrong, but from what I'm seeing, this is where I feel like they're going based on what I've seen so far. So, or is the Darkhold book affecting her rewriting her programming? I'm still holding on to be. she. It could be, but I'm still holding on to she read the book, but because she's essentially a computer, she she cannot be um, affected by the book the same way people are. So she's being very logical and doing the math and protecting the humans from this book. That's where I'm going to sit right now. Yeah. The the one wild card is the book. And that, right. that does get in the way possibly of what I'm saying about her just wanting to protect them. And that's what is motivating her to overcome. And, you know, as she goes beyond her programming, she then makes a choice that, that goes beyond the, the protocols that she's been set up to have by creating a fake may to take may's place because then may can't get in trouble and can't get hurt and but how does the book fit into that i don't have a good answer for that other than we just have to wait and see well, i was gonna say good thing somebody has already written the show and, and knows what we're doing so yeah i mean a <laughs> lot of the, a lot of the stuff's already been shot i mean they had scenes from the next uh, right. I don't know the next episode or next few episodes, but they actually have scenes. And then they also had a teaser for something we're going to talk about post credit, as we've said. So, so we're going to tease the talk about the teaser. Yep. Yep. Consider this the tease. And I think it's time for us to play that sounder and look at some listener feedback. Are you guys ready? Yes. yes. Let's do it. Shield field report. All right, we're back and we have just a couple emails. We have two emails and one voicemail. So we're going to start with an email from Agent Chris. And the subject line is two quick things about deals. And he starts out with, <laughs> he starts out with my favorite line. Longtime listener, first time commenter. He says, first, I really enjoyed listening to everyone's points of views on the podcast. Enjoy Ben and Daniel's commentary, but I have been enjoying the new voices and different views. Okay, on to episode one. Could the photo that Mac is looking at be from Bobby and Hunter? Seeing as the date is so recent, at least maybe, could they be telling him to keep hope or there is hope for them? Even I doubt this theory, but given most wanted is no-go, <laughs> could this be where they go? Two, Ada building the brain. Could she be building a host brain to upload someone's brain into? Call me eternal optimist, but I don't want to only believe it could be bad. Maybe this is how they explain being able to move someone's being into an LMD. Given what we know about Ada and Fitz wanting to not make a murder bot, hopefully that is what she is doing in the tag scene. Again, thanks for everyone's points of view. Love the podcast. Chris. Thank you, Chris. Um, I mean, we, I think we talked about the LMD stuff uh, and the, the motivation stuff, but um, yeah, I just, I just don't see it going well. But I, I do feel I, I'm, I'm with you, Chris, on, on the optimism. I'm not normally the optimist, but here I am. I, I just I see good in people and I think Ada's doing good. But it's going to end up really bad, no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever her motivations are, we're, we're looking at some bad stuff happen. Yes. Thank you, Chris. I, I'm glad that um, you don't believe your own theory because <laughs> it's a great theory. But 
I've got to be the Ben, so I, I everything's down, Eeyore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I, oh, I still hope they somehow are, are able to take what they did with the most wanted pilot and, and maybe integrate some of that and, and bring back Bobby and Hunter. Hey, girl. For something. I, I'd like them to bring it in because if if they don't, then um, all the money they put into that most wanted pilot just goes to waste, really. So I hope they can utilize it somehow. Um, just have to going wait back and to see. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the cage. Gonna... Yeah, yeah, yeah was... totally. With, with with the cage from Star Trek, they uh, they took the original pilot that was. It sold NBC on the show, but NBC said that's too cerebral. Give us something with a little more action. And so they actually recast the captain and the doctor and stuff like that. But then they brought that episode back and they cut it into a two-part episode featuring Captain Kirk and Spock. And basically that was backstory stuff. It was flashback stuff. It was used in a court type of situation where they were able to watch what had happened to this previous captain. And so they were able to have this, these two stories going on and all that money. It, they spent that on that, that pilot, which sold the show, but then they were able to, to recycle it and use it in a really, really surprisingly well done considering what they were working with episode. It really works well. Oh, so. Yes. Um, actually, funny enough, from the original series, The Cage is actually has to be my favorite episode. Hmm. And it's if you ever get your hands on an original cut of a pilot, um, every time I see these original cuts, I love them. And then the studio puts their foot in and says, no, it's got to be this way. Uh, this has got to be more appealing to the audience. And it's to me, it's not. Um, and, uh, you know. Going mentioning Firefly again, that's essentially what they did to Firefly. They created this really great two-hour episode, um, and what was on what's now on the DVDs? That's not even the original cut. Uh, the original cut was a little bit darker and a little bit more serious. So they had to recut that episode with some pickups, um, make it a little bit more lighter. And then uh, Fox said to Joss Whedon, um, "Okay, can you write us a one-hour pilot?" a second one hour pilot, which became the train job, which was a train wreck in my opinion. It, not one of their best episodes, but the show did get better from there. All right. Well, we've got a voicemail and let's, let's play that. It's from agent John. Hello agents. This is agent John Wilkerson driving around in my, uh, shield issued Honda civic 2000 Honda civic that neither flies nor heals itself. Darn budget cuts. Anyway, you guys are talking about this latest episode deals with, with your devils. And I'm hearing you guys talk about the whole Ghost Rider thing going into Mac. But you don't mention that the demon is able to jump dimensions. He jumps from the dimension that Robbie is in into the dimension that Mac is in. Our dimension. So... When at the end, when Robbie comes through the portal, I guess it's possible that it's open, but apparently this demon, this spirit of vengeance that's in Robbie Reyes, is able to jump dimensions when it has a host from host to host. 
So I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means that Robbie just kind of came through the portal there because that was a focal point and it wasn't really on. Or if it means that Robbie is able theoretically to jump dimensions if he wants to whenever this uh, demon in him wants to let him jump. But the demon jumped dimensions. Dang it. From one dimension to the other. How did it do that? I have no idea. Keep up the great work, and I look forward to hearing you talk about the finale, which is where I guess this will be played, and then maybe if I watch it in time and get to you guys in time, you'll play another voicemail for me. Bye! All right, well, what do you think? Wow. You know, I did note that, but I did not, I, I didn't mention it. And, yeah. Um, so it is possible to see the Spirit of Vengeance again uh, without Robbie. You know who else noted it? Agent Coulson in this episode. <laughs> I I have a feeling I have to do something right now, and we haven't I, done this in I, a while. No. Uh, Stuart, were you about to call for this? I, I was thinking this when he was playing his voicemail. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Here I, we go. I, I am for it. It's happening right Take now. Point. The new prize winner of the day. All right. That, I don't know if that's our first no prize since we started doing the rotating guest host, but um, yeah, it's the first one in a while. And Mr. Wilkinson, it is well deserved. Yeah, well deserved. It is. Deserved. That's that's really oh, real quick. That's really interesting because that really calls into question a lot of Doctor Strange. And I know I don't I don't want to cross the streams too too much, um, but if we have a being that can jump dimensions seemingly at will, what do we need little hand gestures and wavy things for? And two words for you: extra dimensional demon. This is a creature that is from another dimension. That's true. I mean, it's not a human. I mean, but Coulson said, you know, the the previous Ghost Rider. He did it. Mm-hmm. There's a story there mm-hmm. that I think we've missed out on, but I'll live. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really is, I think, as simple as this is a creature that we do not understand. And, you know, it, maybe a real demon, maybe not, probably not a real demon, considering the way that they MCU things. But at the same time, that's why I didn't even think twice. Uh, about that, that it, it went from from Robbie in that out of phase part because uh, they, they hadn't left the dimension yet. They were still in our dimension. They were just out of phase with it. Um, I didn't even think twice about it. Now I'm thinking twice about it <laughs> because actually right. thinking three times about it because I've listened to the message twice. And <laughs> yeah, but but I didn't at the time. I didn't even think twice about it. So. Well, I think that that is that's just about that. So, do you guys have any final words? Any any final thoughts you want to get out before we play the credits and start talking again after the <laughs> credits roll? It's nice to see Daisy back with the team. Yeah, I I hope that that goes well in the yeah. in the back half of the season. Yeah. Well, and moving forward, right? I want 
I want Daisy to be part of the family again. I want our family unit again. Yeah. With less eyeliner. Have you noticed that? She has laid on so much eyeliner this season. Yeah, to give her that more sad emo. It's not working for me. Um, I did that when I was 13. It's not working me for me now 20 years later. <laughs> I I did not do that when I was 13. So I guess I, I had a lot of friends who did, but Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just want to end this episode by saying thank you everyone for listening. Thank you, Stuart, Samantha, for joining me. And you know, the holiday season is just around the corner. And so there might be some people who are making their list and trying to figure out, well, what can we get for a podcast host who might be podcasting about agents of shield? And I I'll tell you this, I, I, I I'm just going to put it out there. Uh, whatever you get me, I I'm fine. Dear listener, whatever you get me, just keep in mind that I, I do not like magic or clowns. Or Clowns with Knives in the Dark. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us, now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback where you can contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one seventy seven fifty five level 7 you can also join the lively conversation going on at facebook.com slash welcome to level seven or connect with us on Twitter where we're level seven pod. And remember, the seven is spelled out. Our theme music is the light fantastic by JS Earls. And you can find that at transplant.bandcamp.com. Welcome to level seven is a proud member of the noodle mix network. Find more of our award winning and award nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews and more at noodle.mx. MX. And once again, thanks for listening. Okay, the credits have rolled. It's time for us to talk about the thing we promised to talk about back in the news segment. Here it is. Slingshot. Yo-yo. <laughs> Next week, December 13th. Six episodes apparently are dropping on the same day that will be available on NBC's or not ABC, abc.go.com, marvel.com, or the ABC app. And these episodes will feature Yo-Yo. And shortly thereafter, everywhere else on the Internet. Yeah, yeah. Then it'll be on, on YouTube and like five or six different places. None of them having anything to do with ABC or Marvel. Uh, yeah. Kind of shady. You know, you know, yeah. you don't know if you're going to download something weird with it. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll obviously be watching it. If they all, as far as coverage goes, I'll just throw this out there right now. If they all do drop on the 13th, if, if they all download, if they're all available in, on one day, then we will probably watch all of them and do an episode about them next week. If they are going to space it out and drop one episode every week, we probably will wait until the last one has, has been released and then we will cover them. Um, 
and in between now and and whenever Agents of Shield comes back, there's going to be some sort of Netflix something going on. I don't know exactly what, how, yet we're just talking about it. We're figuring it out. But let's talk about this this slingshot thing. This reminds me of the webisodes for Battlestar Galactica, and that was seemingly a million years ago yeah. in the age of the internet, right? <laughs> Yep. I was thinking about this today, and I was like, I had the hardest time getting my hands on those. But that was before YouTube. Was it before YouTube? YouTube must have just been out. Just barely been out. And so things were still pretty clunky on it. I did not get it from YouTube. Let me put it that way. I got those like- from the, I believe it was the sci-fi website. Mm. I, I got those directly from there. And... All they all form together in in this basically prequel story of about Commander Adama as a a young uh, warrior. And no, you're talking about Blood and Chrome. I'm talking about ones before that. Was um all of them on the the prison? Spoilers for Battlestar Galactica. Just saying. I haven't watched it yet. I can't help you. Um, it was before. Uh, it was while they were on the 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 prison internment planet right before Adama dropped the ship into the bottom, you know, into the atmosphere and saved them all. It was before that. So you got uh, Commander Ty and you got a bunch of other people um, doing, like, internment camp things. I'm looking it up. Was this before 2010? Because if I remember my the history of uh, webisodes correctly, I think it started with Supernatural and the Ghost Facers. Um, I've never uh, even heard of that. Battlestar Galactica, (laughs) the resistance. And this is very similar. Battlestar Galactica, the resistance, the running time for the episodes were two to five minutes and there were 10 of them. And I I do remember this. It was on new Caprica and they didn't have Starbuck in it and they didn't have like, they didn't have the stars. It was always like these kind of side characters. Yeah. And that's similar here. What I saw for Slingshot, it'll be three to six minute episodes, uh, six of them, and that it will, I think, take place between season three and season four um, and kind of show what's going on in between there. S.H.I.E.L.D. comes back on the 10th of January. And if they did six of them, there's only five weeks between the t- you know now and then essentially this this reminds me also i guess heroes did this as well with mm-hmm. with some web stuff and then when heroes returned they had some webisodes kind of leading up to the new seasons of heroes or the new season i should say of heroes but wah 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 <laughs> that's for you daniel <laughs> So these these are this is kind of what Yo-Yo was up to, I think, in between episode or season three and season four. And she's going to I think she's going to interact with each of the other characters in in each episode or something like that. And she has some sort of secret mission or something. But the thing is, I look at it and I say, okay, okay, so there's six of them. Let's say they're all six minutes. That's only 36 minutes of, of show. But that's the structure they have right now. You have your pre title screen. You have act one, act two, act three, act four, act five. 
and then you have a tag scene. I mean, it's, I don't know why it's not just an episode. If you're going to, especially if they release them on one day, why not just release it as like a bonus episode? Why break it out like that? ABC can do whatever they want, but I wonder if there's some sort of licensing thing, right? Where they can only release 26 episodes or 24 episodes or whatever it is this year. And this was just a little extra thing that somebody on their off day decided to create. Or they had a little extra budget and they were like, what do we do with this? We can't spend it on the most wanted pilot. So let's do that. Yeah, I don't know. It's very curious to me. It reminds me of the one shots. And if this is how like the new incarnation of the one shots, I am for this. I am. I am absolutely for this. I'm for it anyway, but I hope it is part of the one. I hope it is sort of like a, a, a thing that the one shots have sort of morphed into. I hope so. I I'm very curious why they're doing this. Uh, if it's good, I won't care why, as long as it's, it's good. Right. But I, I'm just curious, where are they going with this? What are they thinking? It's very, very intriguing that they're doing this. As long as it's good, as long as it's good, uh, I'll be very happy, but I'm, I'm very curious and intrigued right now. So like, we will see. We will see. And somehow we're going to cover it. I just don't know. As soon as we know. It sounds to me like they're all going to be released on one day and that there's six episodes, three to six minutes long. That's that's the information that I was able to dig up. That's what I found, too. There's hardly anything out there about it. There's no there's there's one image. There's very little plot synopsis uh, more than it's yo-yo. I mean, we can see from the image that it's yo-yo and she's slingshotting and that's about what we can find. There's there's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of a surprise announcement, though. I mean, all of the places where I was finding information, it looked like they were scrambling to find information as well. And there is something on ABC's website there. I believe there is a short interview with uh, the actress who plays Yo-Yo. And and then there's a, a short teaser um, but I was at work and couldn't, couldn't click on them. So, mm. I mean, I could click, but nothing happened because <laughs> uh, of the browser I was using. Yeah. I, well, I'm, I'm a big fan of yoga. Uh, progressively. I, I like her more and more. Um, I really liked her in the beginning. I love her now and I, I'm excited to see what they've done with her here. I think it's quite possible that we'll see some of those things they've been talking about throughout the season that we didn't get to see uh, about just the way things were going with Mac and her. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. And I might be wrong too about, I mean, I'm repeating something I read uh, in a couple different places uh, that this is a between season three and season four. It might be something that is between this episode that we just talked about and and the next episode. Um, But I, this is again, that's the information I got. That's the information I can give. So if I'm wrong, we'll know in a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, everything's connected and I'm hope and I'm excited to see new directions. You know, this, the IMAX thing, let's push some, let's push some boundaries a little bit. Let's make some, some new frontiers. Yeah. All right. Anything else to add? Nope. Nope. I'm good. All right. Then I think we're going to, We're going to wrap this one up, shut this one down. So thanks again, guys. 
And thank you Thanks, everyone for Nessa. listening. Thank you. See ya.